The night I want to talk about discipleship. Discipleship. There's going to be a cost in serving God. You're going to have to give up something to get something for God. You, you can't serve God and serve the world and expect God to take you to heaven because you, you say you serve. There's, there's too many lip services in this world today and there's too much lip service in the churches. I serve God. Well, if your fruits are not bearing the right fruit, then you're not serving God. Discipleship. I, I love that word. and I love what he said, iron sharpens iron. I believe Christians around Christians that should sharpen you. But I do believe once you're born again and saved that there should be something that's driving inside of you to want to serve God and not the world. Luke chapter 9, verse number 57, he said, And it came to pass as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee wheresoever thou goest. Remember this man. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not with to lay his head. And he said unto another, so there's two, two guys asking, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go and thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, this evening, Lord, to help us to understand and grab a hold of your word and apply it to our lives, Lord. And when we say that we believe, when we say that we serve, it's beyond a shadow of doubt, Lord. Empty yourself and fill me with thy words. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, preaching on uh, the discipleship, but also preaching on the hindrance of discipleship. Things that make people draw back uh, 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 the roadblocks of the way of discipleship, uh, the high cost of discipleship. It will, it will want to be always be easy to serve God. It won't always be fun being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We all know that what salvation is, God coming after man. The Lord Jesus went looking for that uh, woman in John chapter 4, uh, waiting, by, waiting on her. She came to the well. But here in Luke chapter 9, we find that he is dealing with discipleship. Whereas salvation is going after a man and God going after man, but discipleship is man going after God. It's saved people seeking the face of the Lord and desiring to walk with the Lord and to be a disciple of the Lord tonight. There, there's a huge difference between salvation and, and, and discipleship. Now, don't, don't, don't get them confused. Salvation has absolutely no works attached to it. It's free. God done the work. Jesus Christ done the work on the cross of Calvary. All you've got to do is accept what He done at the cross of Calvary. But salvation, discipline is something different. When it comes to discipleship, it puts someone on the onus on you and I. Where we have to do something for God. It's interesting that we live in a a uh, day that uh, ma the majority of a uh, lot of salvation, but we never preach discipleship. 
Let me say, you can get to the point where you get the salvation and discipline, uh, discipleship unbalanced in your walk, where you, all you do is talk about the free gift of God, the eternal life of God, but never what that free gift requires of you for what Jesus done for you. You need to have that biblical and that spiritual balance in your life, that salvation and in discipleship. Do you realize that when you read the New Testament, there are a whole lot of things uh, in there that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Gospels. But it centers around what your conduct as a Christian should be. How you should walk in this world. How you should talk in this world. How you should act in this world. How you should look in this world. And what you're doing is, is passing the time away in this world. That indeed is discipleship. So many people get these two items messed up, confused. When somebody stands up and begins to preach discipleship, uh, following the Lord, it makes a difference in every area of your life, and it does. It really makes a difference in your life. Uh, it, it, your, it makes a difference in your, who your friends are. It makes a difference in how you, you talk. It makes a difference where you spend your money at. Uh, it'll make a difference where you go. It, it'll make a difference in your, what you spend your time on. And we, we now have saved people where they have muddied up the waters to the point that when they look at people like me or somebody that preaches discipleship and call them legalists. But can I say legalism is preaching works for salvation and I'll never, ever, will ever preach works for salvation. You can't work for salvation. You, you'll never earn salvation. It is always given. It is a free gift of God. Here we find one of the main drawbacks of discipleship. And I've seen it. You've probably seen it. It's basically nature of the word itself. Discipleship. Discipline. It's a basic word. We live in an undisciplined age in this world today. We're living in a where uh, we are uh, disciplined. We're not disciplined on anything in this world. We do what we want to do. We say what we want to do. We go where we want to do, and nobody can tell us anything different. We don't want to discipline. Our time, we don't discipline our, our mind, we don't discipline our tongues, we don't discipline our, uh, anything in our life anymore. We just do what we want to do. We live in a, a selfless, indulging age, and we live in an age where it's totally about, if it feels good, do it. That's, that's where we're living at in the world today. That's what we're doing. Can I say being a, a disciple of Jesus Christ puts you in an entirely different lane than one you're walking in. Where you can't do what you want to do. You can't say what you want to say anymore. You, you can't say uh, uh, think what you want to think and say anymore. It is entirely a different lane. When you go after Christ, take up your cross and follow Him. It, it, it puts, it was like the Apostle Paul said, uh, I keep my body uh, under and bring it unto supplication. Paul said, I keep my body and, and I discipline it. I make it subject to the things of God, discipline where we're raising a generation of disciplined individuals. And, and afraid of that 
that has filtered down, this undisciplined generation is starting to filter down into our churches today. It's filtered down in our walk with God today. It's filtered down to, uh, that we don't walk correctly with God anymore. But if we're going to be a disciple, we must have some discipline in our lives today. You know why you are here 6 o'clock, going on to 7 o'clock? You, you didn't want to get up from your nap. I can tell that. You didn't, you, you're not here because, hey, I, did, I want to. You're here because it's discipline. You get up so you can come back at 6 o'clock. And there's nothing wrong with that. Get me wrong. There's nothing wrong. Discipline is a wonderful thing in our life. And I believe that we need to have discipline in our life. And I also need that there be some discipline and I walk with God. But discipline is a great thing in our Christian life tonight. It's a great thing. So what are the drawbacks that we see in this text that was read? What things do you see that hinders your discipleship with God, hinder you walking closer with God. What are some things that you see here that hinders you? The first drawback is an excuse. Excuses. All three individualist texts gives an excuse why they can't live for God and serve the Lord and be a, a, a disciple. The first man, he got a good idea. I want to serve the Lord. But the Lord tells him that it, if he wants to be, serve me, it ain't always going to be easy. And he bows out. The next man gives an excuse that he's got other things to do with their family, and then he bows out. See, some excuses on the, why they can't be disciples is one of the excuses of hardship. It's just too hard. The first guy jumps in and says, put me in, coach. I'm ready. I'm ready to serve you. I'll follow you wherever. See you going. I'm right there. With you. I'm, wherever you're going, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Jesus, I want to let you know something. If you're going to follow me, I want you to know something. If you're going to follow me, foxes have holes, birds have nests. But if you follow me, you might find yourself without a bed or place to lay your head down at night. He's being honest with him. He's telling him, I, you know, I want to serve you. I want to go with you, Lord. I want to go with you. I'm just going to let you know it's not going to be always uh, roses and, and, and peaches serving me and being with me. You know what Jesus is telling this guy? Jesus is simply saying, you guy, it's not always going to be easy following me. It's not always going to be sunshine, rainbow, and puppy dog tails. It ain't always going to be that way. It's not always going to be about shouting on the mountaintop. It may be rough to follow me sometimes. Uh, you know why some people finally throw up the excuse? They just ain't willing to come back to church. It is just too hard to me to live for God. I, I can't get up every time you want me to get up. I, I can't come to church every Sunday morning. I can't come to church on Sunday night. I can't come to church on Wednesday. It's just too hard for me to live for God. They don't want to get involved in church. They don't want to get involved with the Bible. They don't want to get involved with anything of doing for God. I, I, let me just say this. 
Most people get saved, they think it's a smooth sailing when I get saved. You come to the altar and say, Lord, I, I, I want you to forgive me my sins and accept me as, your, as a child of yours, Lord. You think when you get up that everything's going to be smooth. I know they're preaching that, to, uh, that prosperity, everything, this is the best day yet, Friday is a good day and all this good stuff. But that's, that's not Bible. That's foreign to the Bible. You're going to have persecution and you're going to serve God. There are going to be those that hate you because you name yourself as a Christian. In fact, as a matter of fact, I find that when you start following God, when you start serving God, when you start seeking God, things in the world get worse. Things in the world get worse with you. It was Jesus said, in the world you should have tribulation. He said, you shall not be with me in certainty, but he said, it's not a maybe, but you are going to have persecution he said you you're gonna have those that's just gonna come at you make your life miserable you're not gonna be able to stand up it's just gonna come at you but if you're gonna serve me if you're gonna be a disciple of mine you got to understand it's not always gonna be easy there's gonna be tribulation in your life and it's with a certainty that it's gonna be but I love what he said after that but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Some people give the excuse, it's just too hard, preacher. It's just too tough, preacher. I just can't come to church all the time. I've got other things going on. People, ain't that song they sing, excuses, excuses, I hear them every day. And they start naming. Pew's too hard. Pew's too soft. The preacher starts preaching too loud. The preacher too long. He preaches too hard. He spits all over the place. Don't spit down. It, excuse. You know what? We can all sit right now. Every one of us, and you can raise your hand if you want to, but I believe every one of us is going to hear. You could have had a good excuse not to be in church tonight. Amen. That is the truth. We all got excuses, but what the excuses overrides those excuses that you desire to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And no matter what this world is coming at you, no matter what they're throwing at you, you're going to serve God. He went to the cross of Calvary, he was persecuted, beaten. Well, Lord, you did that. You, you carried your cross. You, you was mocked. You was beaten. You was whipped. I don't think I should have to be that way. I, I don't think I have to, should have to carry my cross. I don't think I should have to take stripes because I serve you. We expect him to do everything. He to suffer for you and I. And you don't want to do anything. You go through hardships. But don't require me to ever have to go through hardships myself. Lord, you, you want me to serve you, then you're going to have to make it easier for me. I, I can't do it. It's too hard. Now listen, if you're going to serve God, if you're going to be a disciple of God, you got to trust him. I believe that's going on to be a, there's going to be a separation. 
of the wheat and tares, I believe. We have not seen uh, the end yet. And that's going to prove who is a disciple and who ain't. Can I just say I'm in it for the long haul? I'm not just in it when times are good. I'm not just in it when the, everything's around me is going good. I'm in it for the long haul. No matter what comes at me, no matter what throw at me, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm ready to go to jail. I'm ready to be executed. I'm ready. For, I'm in it for the long haul. Why can you say that? Because I am the disciple of Jesus Christ who died for me. Why can't I die for Him? I believe it's going to come to the point of that. You better make your mind up. I'm going to be a disciple Well, I'm going to keep playing games. I, I'm a disciple where the government says you can uh, have church or not have church. I'm a disciple where they say uh, you're going to lock you up or not. To, how far are you willing to go for Jesus? How, how far, how willing are you? What are you willing to do for him? Uh, anybody seen the movie Shootist? John Wayne? Ron Howard, y'all ain't lived. Y'all ain't lived. John, John Wayne was a shooter. He was an old gunslinger. He was dying of cancer. And he came to town. He was in the hotel there. He was bit up there. He was dying of cancer. And, and Ron Howard was wanting to learn how to shoot. So he was taking him out and shooting to learn how to shoot a gun. And, and Ron Howard knew he was a uh, uh, gunslinger. He knew he, he was rough. He's, he's had many fights. He's fought many gun fights and all that stuff. And Ron Howard asked, asked him, says, how did you survive all those gun fights? And I love what John Wayne said. I mean, somebody must have been reading the Bible. He said, not everyone willing to go all the way. You get that? Not everyone that he fought, not everyone was willing to draw a gun on. He said not, not all of them were willing to go all the way. He says, well, what, what's the difference between you and them? He says, I was willing to go all the way. Are you willing to go all the way? I mean, see, it's easy for us to sit here and say, I'll be a disciple. I'll follow Jesus. I'll do what he wants me to do while everything is smooth and running good in our life. But let me tell you, there's going to come some tribulation that you're going to have to make your mind up. Am I going to serve God in the time of a storm? I'm going to serve God in time of government crackdowns. Am I going to serve God? Am I going to be true to God? You've got to make your mind up. I believe that we can become disciples just, just so close to God that we desire the things of God. And the world says, hey, you need to do this. Nope, I can't do that. Jesus said, I can't do that. There, there's excuse of hardships. Some of us have used excuse of hardships. Amen. Come on, raise your hand. You know you have. <laughs> I've used this. <laughs> I can't do that today. You're going to have to find another day to do that. You know, that time just don't work for me. We've all used excuse of hardships. Every one of even we sit here in church and say, I, I believe in God, and I serve God. We, we've used the excuse of hardships on doing what God wants. Are you willing? Then there's the excuse about home. I love that one. The two other fellows said, uh, first one said in verse 59, said, suffer me to go, first to go bury my father. 
The other fellow in verse 61 said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell which are at my home and my house. We find the excuses about home. You realize why some people will not be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Because of friends and family. Because of friends and family. Some people would rather follow their friends and their family than they are to Jesus Christ. There are some here that your own family has rejected you, won't have anything to do with you because who you serve and who you follow after. Because you're a religious fanatic. I love that one. You're a religious fanatic. They treat you the way you used to. Let me tell you. They know who you are. They know who you ran. They run it. And, and you know what? Some of us may embarrass our family to the point where we say, hey, you need to get some religion. You need to get down and get right with God because you're starting to be an embarrassment in my house and my family around my family. You need to get right with God. And when you get right with God and you jump in all the way in and you're serving God and you're a disciple of God, now you've done gone too far. You're trying to push the Bible on me. You're trying to tell me I need to do this. I need to get in church. I need to write about. I'm telling you, you've just gone too far. Didn't want you to get saved that much. No, I just wanted you to get saved enough to stop embarrassing me. That's our families and friends. They don't want what you got. You said, I'm serving God. I've, I've gone all the way. God has broke the chains of addiction. God has broke the bondage of a, a suppression and a sin in my life. And you say, wait, uh, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to be in that no more. I've got out of it and God brought me out of it. I'm going to serve him. I'm not going to serve you no more. Why would you go back? But there's family and friends would rather have you serve them and serve, serve God. They don't want you to go that way. Just, <laughs> I heard somebody quote this one time. It just ain't that hard to do right. It ain't just, it's not hard to do right. You can serve God. It's not hard to do the right thing. I, 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 I say this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No matter what I face, no matter what I'm going through, I can trust Christ that He will see me through those things. There's a drawback of ego. Watch the first thing these two guys says in verse 59. And he said unto, unto the, another, another fellow, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me. Talking about me. Lord, Lord, suffer me. Verse 61, and, I, and to another also the Lord said, I will follow thee, but me. Lord, me. Me first, Lord, you second. It's all about me. I cannot say when it comes to discipleship, it ain't about you anymore. It's not your first attitude. But these guys said, it's me, it's me first. I will go, I will do what you want to do. But none of these guys didn't say they wouldn't follow the Lord. They just said, Lord, me first. I want to be out front. I want to do this. That's not discipleship. In fact, that's go against discipleship. I wish it was because, I like, you know who the biggest fan is? You know who your biggest fan is? You. I'm my biggest fan. 
I don't really care whether you love me or not. I love me. I love me some Jimmy. I do. I'll get up in the mirror, look at me, go, you got it going on. There you go. You got it going. I, I, love, I, I am my biggest fan, but I'm also my biggest hindrance in serving God because there's times in my life I want to be first. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be the one up front. There's always times in every one of our lives that we're going to put ourselves first. You can't be a disciple and put yourself first. You can't do it. It's all about him being first. It's all about him. In the life of the disciple, it's not about what I want, not about what I like. I'm not calling the shots anymore. I ain't running the show no more. And you know why I ain't running the show? Because if I run the show, I'm going to mess it up pretty good. Paul said in Romans chapter four, 7 and 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. If I run the show... I'm going to end up in a bloody mess because I'm carnal. Paul said later in Romans chapter 7, O wretched man that I am. He said, I'm a carnal man. I'm a wretched man. And if you let this carnal, wretched man run the show, it's going to be messed up. And let me just say this. Let me ask you this question. When's the last time you look back at your life when you was running the show? Did everything go the way you want it to go? I believe we're living in a generation that has been pushed by social media. You know, and we use social media. I'm not against social media. Churches use it. Great things. Reaching out. Touching people. If it's all for God. But we're living in an age where social media is all about me. All about me. You see these kids walking around with these phones in their hand doing selfies all the time. Who, who's it about? It ain't about somebody else. It's all about me. Watch me. That, that, that's where we're living in. It, they take time for themselves. They point themselves out. It's all about me. People do that. I, I see people do all the kinds of things. Fitness. The people going out. Doing, doing, don't get me wrong. You ought to get in fit. You ought to be fit. I ain't going to do it, but you ought to go ahead and do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but when it gets to the point, when it gets to the point by it's all about you, and everything you do, or fitness, or whatever you do, when you start putting your family and kids to the side and putting yourself, I, 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 I see this so much on TV now. Well, it's all about me today. I've got to take a me day. I want to meet. What in the world is a me day? I need help, and I need somebody to just come and just take everything away. And you see them, they laying out on a beach somewhere, kick back, nobody around. It's all about me. It can't be about you and be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You say, well, if I be a disciple of Jesus Christ, I'll never have fun wrong. I have fun every day. I get up in the morning smiling because I got out of bed. You can have fun. It's just, it's not your desires first now. It's his desires for what you do. 
Lord, work through me. Whatever you want me to do, here I am. I want to be a disciple of yours. We're living in that age. We're living in an age where I don't care what my husband or wife wants. It's me first. I don't care what my parents want. It's me first. I don't care what God wants. It's me first. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not yet I, but Christ. He, 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 here is what discipleship really is. Not I, not you, but Christ. That's what discipleship is. It's not, about, uh, uh, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. It's not about what I want. It's about what Jesus wants. It's not about my ability. It's all about his ability. It's not about what I can do, but what he can do through me. Any of us have the biggest drawback hindrance and roadblocks in our discipleship is our own ego gets in the way. Serving God. These, these hindrances that we have in our lives for serving God. And I love the last verse he gives, the drawback of an example. Jesus is always giving illustrations. You read this Bible and you know that Jesus is always preaching and he gives those illustrations. Those illustrations downrooted. Verse number 62. And Jesus said unto him, No man having a put his hand to a plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Paul says, if you're going to be a disciple, it is impossible to go that way, constantly looking that way. If you're going to be a disciple of God, you've got to keep moving forward. You've got to keep looking forward instead of looking back. You know why some people aren't always looking behind them when they're trying to walk with God? They always... They can't be a disciple like that. Some people have a desire to be a disciple, but their heads ain't in it. They're not always going forward. They're always looking backwards. Some people can't go forward because they wish they were still back there. Boy, I had fun when I lived back that world. I had fun when we go to parties. I was staying up all night. I was running. I had fun back there. And you always kind of look back, see what everybody else was doing that you left. See, are they having fun without me? Yeah. I wish I could go back there. I wish I could go back and do that again. They never got their heads straight because they're wishing they were still back in the rear. Some people won't go forward because they're worried about what's back behind them. This will get you. They're worried about what's behind them. Trying to walk and serve God constantly saying, I hate what I've done. I hate what I was. I sure wish I could get over that. I don't think God could ever forgive me for doing that. Trying to walk with God looking back for what you've done in your past. Jesus said he died for all sins. God said your sins are put behind my back never to be reminded for. Why are we constantly going this way to serve God? Going this way and saying, Lord, I don't think you can forgive me for what I do. If God, will God forgive you, he can forgive me no matter what you've done. I, I messed up. I won't be able to live for God because of what I've done. 
If you're living your Christian life worrying about what you've done in the past, you'll never be effective Christian life. You have to be like Paul in the Philippians when he said, forgetting, forgetting all those things which are behind and reaching forward for those things which are before me. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. You've got to let go of those things. Because let me tell you what, as long as you're holding on to those things in the past, it's dragging you back. You never move forward. You take one step forward, two steps back. You'll never go forward with God worrying about what you've done in your past. Forget it. Get it over with. God's got it under the blood. Paul said, forget all that. If Paul could live the Christian life constantly, constantly worrying about what he'd done to the Christians, how he persecuted them, he had never been effective. You think he would ever live for God knowing what he had done? He just forgot about it. It became part of his past. You cannot, can't constantly live in defeat of what your past has done. You've got to put it under the blood. I know some of us have got a horrible past. And we think Lord cannot forgive me for what I've done. If he's forgiven me. There ain't a soul in here he cannot forgive. And I'm just telling you up front with that. I've done some things. I, I, I've done things I wished I'd never done. I've been places where I wished I'd never been. I've seen things I wished I'd never seen. And I'm telling you what. I've been some things I wished I'd never been. And if God can forgive me. He can forgive you, no matter what. He just, well, how bad was you? I ain't going to tell you. He said, put it all behind you. Some people will never move forward because they're constantly hanging on to what's behind. They're dragging it with them. They don't, they they don't want to give it up. And it's always dragging them back when they wonder, why am I not getting anything from God? Why am I not getting closer to God? Why am I not seeing the things that everybody else sees? Because you're holding on your baggage in the past. You haven't let it go. As soon sometime or another, you've got to sever that past and let God deal with it, and you move on. And you know what? The devil brings that up all the time. You can't be a Christian. Look what you did. I know what you did. I know how horrible you was. Yeah, but it's under the blood, devil. It's under the blood. And, and guess what? You can't get it out and under there. You can't pull it out. He might whisper in my ear what I've done and things I've done, but I'll say, yeah, it's under the blood. You can't get over it. So. In 1 Kings chapter 19, I love this. Elijah cast his mantle on Elijah and said, follow me. That's all he said, follow me. He, he, Elisha was plowing with his oxen and he said something like these guys said. Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother and then I, I will follow thee. And he said unto him, go back again for what have I done to thee? He said, hey, I'm not, I just said follow me. I ain't telling you anything else. And, and I love what he does next. He returned back to him and he took a yoke of the oxen, and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave them to the people, and they did eat. He then arose and went after Elijah and the minister unto him. 
In other words, what Elijah was doing when Elijah cast a mantle and said, follow me, he said, I've got to go back and do this. He said, go back, what have I done to thee? And when he went back, he burned everything back behind him. He says, now I've got nothing to go back to. Now I've got nothing I can run to. I've got nothing holding me. That's what you got to do. You got to burn your past that's not holding you back for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. We hold on to that. We hold on to our past. Elijah said, I'll burn it. I'll get rid of it. Look at, look at Luke chapter 14, 27. I'll be finished. Luke chapter 14, verse number 27. And it sums up it all. And whosoever do not, doeth not bear his cross and come out to me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, setteth not down first, and counteth the cost, will he have sufficient to finish it? God said, if you're going to be a real disciple, you better count the cost. You better count the cost. Is it worth it to you? Because it's going to cost you something to serve him. Is it worth it to you? Salvation costs you nothing. All you got to do is accept the work of Christ. Is it worth it? Yes, it is. It's worth it. The reward is well worth the cost of discipleship. There is going to time every one of us is going to lay this body down. They're going to bury it in the ground. Is it worth the cost? Serving God, worshiping God, and being a disciple of God. Yes, it is. Because let me tell you, what is going to prepare for you and I is more greater than you could ever imagine down here. I am looking for that time that I can serve with Him and be there. I'm looking to see the nail-scarred hands and say, thank you, Father, for what you've done for me. Is it worth it? You better believe it's worth it. You better believe it. It's going to cost you something. You're going to have to give up some things. You're going to have to give up. You might even have to give up some family members. You might have to give up some friends. I know I have. I know I have. 1994, October the 17th, the day before my birthday was October the 18th, on a Sunday, some friends I came, worked with, came and drug me out the house. We're going out and party with your birthday. Okay, let's go. I went out and partying. You may heard of some of the clubs we went to in Daytona Beach. <laughs> clubs that you should not go to. They're all biker clubs. I wished I had never went. I wish I'd never walked through the door. But on October the 18th, I begged God forgive me at the altar. And I ain't never looked back since. Never looked back since. Is it worth it? Oh, yeah, it's worth it. Did you have fun? Yeah, I had fun. But I've had more fun serving God than I have not served God. I'm telling you, there's joy. There's joy in serving God. 
You have, you have all the family of Christ and you just lean on and pray for it. I mean, it's joy. But it's going to cost you something. You are, if, you are, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's going to cost you something. But you've got to make your mind up. You have to make your mind up. Amen. Make your mind up.